Stop the Press demo. Two for one tickets to the Wellness Summit are open. After not one, not two, but three salad events, Marcus, the Wellness Summit returns to Melbourne in 2016 for two days of powerhouse wellness with your favourite wellness couch host and Australia's wellness elite. Join us at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre on September 10 and 11 for an inspirational, educational, fun, exciting, sensational cocktail of wellness that promises to help you take your life to the next level. Now, two-for-one tickets to the summit are extremely limited and won't be available for long, so make sure you go to www.thewellnesssummit.com right now and get in whilst you can. This will be the biggest summit on record, folks. You'll see a 1,000 people there. You do not want to miss this one. Pop the dates to the diary and see you there. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. The Real Food Real is a fresh and educational podcast dedicated to your health. We get real on current research, debunk food myths, and educate you on how to just eat real food. Your host, Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist, is one of Australia's leading sports nutritionists, passionate about simplifying nutrition and addicted to coconut lattes, smoothies, and sweet potato. If you love the show, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Share the real food real with your friends and continue to spread the real food love. Hi team and welcome back to the real food real. Today on the show we're again joined by Alex Stewart from Low Tox Life. Alex has joined us a number of times on the show so far. So we're going to dive straight in today and say hi to Alex. Hey, how are you Steph? I'm really well. Thanks for coming back on the show. It's great to have you here. I always love our chats. Absolutely. So you were last on the show in September, I believe, where we had a good chat about ethical meat consumption. Tell us what you've been doing since that time. Right. Okay. So September feels like light years ago when you own your own business, doesn't (laughs) it? Um, But it's been a great summer. Um, Actually, funnily enough, from that um, meat discussion, which I think we had because uh, I had a round of Real Food Rockstars coming up from memory, um, I've actually decided to make that course available to anyone, anytime they want to dive in and learn more about food, food systems, sustainability, how to shop for health and planet health and all that jazz. So I'll share, um, I'm very organized this time, Steph. I've got like a little secret page on my website that we can share um, all the tips from today's chat um, and that link will be in there for those guys. Oh, amazing. Um, amazing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> amazing. That's, that's exactly what I think. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so I've been up to that and then I'm working on a really exciting little extra nerdy space for people to congregate together and explore topics, um, in my, um, new site that's going to go live in a couple of weeks. So I can tell you more about that probably the next time we chat, but, um, I'm super excited. I just feel like sometimes, you know, a blog post isn't enough for people and we, this it's quite a big community and we love really digging in and, and looking at it from lots of different angles because nothing's black or white, you know, and so many people are like, oh my God, you should go vegan or oh my God, you should go paleo. There's everything in between. And actually the gray area is where most people find the greatest happiness because there's less perfection attached to it. And and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I love looking at grey area. Um, so that's fun. And then, of course, Thrive is running at the moment, my parents' course, and then Low Tox, which will be, a, again, in um, probably by the time this goes live, we'll be talking about next week. Oh, wow. You have to be busy. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, education is just so desperately needed and I've just thrown all my focus into that. Um, I'm certainly no expert myself. As you know, I'm not a practitioner um, or a doctor, but um, I, I definitely think I'm a good objective um, curator of people who don't lead people down extreme or strict paths, but really keep it big picture so that people can figure out what works best for them. So yeah, I'm pretty passionate about it. And, um, and the time sure is now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we will direct everyone to that page that will be in the show notes for them to find out more about you and all of those courses that you've just mentioned. Thank you. So today we're going to chat about Lotox Beauty. So I wanted to dive in um, with a discussion about what we call the nasties and certainly what we've perhaps been using in the past and what we need to rethink. Mm. So I find it really amazing that people can know the names of celebrity babies and not know what we're putting on our skin. (laughs) Like if you really think about it, why on earth would it matter that I knew J-Lo's twins' names if I couldn't tell you whether what I was putting on my skin was harmful to my health or not? And I think just something as basic as that just puts everything into perspective and helps us prioritise. It's like a big reality check and you go, oh, my gosh, I know more about things that don't matter than I do about things that do matter. And when I say what, what we put on our skin matters... I'm talking about some seriously harmful stuff that just completely flies under the radar because essentially a company is going to try and get away with, um, certainly one that's beholden to shareholders, as much cost-cutting as they can until people notice and kick up a stink. It's just the way things are. We see it in food. Look at Mars um, company finally getting uh, a promise out there to consumers that petroleum-based colours aren't going to be in their um, lollies anymore, like M&Ms and things like that by the year, I think, 2019. Um, I'm certainly not going to be waiting until then, but anyway, just as an Mm. example. Um, And the same thing happens in cosmetics. So um, we saw it with parabens a couple of years ago when scientists started to publish a lot more literature about uh, the findings they um, were having where parabens were seriously upsetting the endocrine system. Um, And by endocrine system, I mean all of our hormones. That could be sex hormones, stress hormones, you name it, happy hormones. It's it's all in there. Um, And uh, thyroid as well. And... um, And so people really started to jump on the bandwagon of getting parabens out of their products because they knew consumers actually knew about this stuff now because it was mainstream. But what did they replace it with? Well, another preservative um, that is currently still being called safe, up to 5% use, is phenoxyethanol. But that's still in the hormone-disrupting class of chemicals. Now, we know from BPA literature um, and studies that there is no safe level when it comes to hormone disruption because it can be an extremely low level that actually is worse than a high level. I don't understand how that science works. But um, Mother Jones is a fantastic publication if you um, want some really nerdy journalism around hormone disruption. They've got some fantastic articles on their site. And... um, and uh, uh, The Lancet as well, which is a really well-respected medical journal. So um, while everybody got upset about parabens and they could see it and they could recognise it on a pack, 
the replacement product, which hadn't had any press coverage or any mainstream media or any big studies done on it, was something like phenoxyethanol, and unfortunately that's still in the same class. So that's just an example of what a lot of the mainstream companies do um, is they go, okay, you're upset about that one, let's put another one you don't know in there that's still really cheap. And phenoxyethanol is one hundredth of the price of the natural preservative equivalent and gives six months more shelf life. So to a global brand, it's an extremely attractive both cost and logistics ingredient to use, right? So um, so it really makes me mad and that's one of my bugbears, that particular chemical, because it's still currently flying under the radar and I believe people should know about it. My theory when it comes to what's safe is um, what, uh, what to use is if you have two products side by side and one has a couple of iffy, ooh, we don't know yet chemicals and the other one has none and it's just made with beautiful natural ingredients, then it's a no-brainer, you know. And the great thing is now is there is so much to choose from. So phenoxyethanol is one and I'd say my other ones are, um, let's see, Ah, uh, gosh, there are so many. <laughs> there are so, so many. But uh, look, okay, I'll make it really easy. Chemical Maze is a little app that you can download on your phone. It costs you nine bucks to get the full version. And just pick up a couple of tubes and start looking. Just literally start looking through your ingredient list. Parfum or fragrance that doesn't have a little asterisk denoting that it's from an essential oil. That's another huge one because um, I'll let you in on another little secret. In Parfum can be a whole bunch of other chemicals that don't need to be labelled separately to the fragrance. So one of those is phthalates and phthalates are another, you guessed it, hormone disruptor. And they're in all those horrible, tacky air wick slash um, glaze. <laughs> I know how much you know, hate those. <laughs> oh, my God, I can't stand them. Mm. The plug-in um, plug to your little air con in the car and all those sorts of things. Absolutely horrible for our health. We're breathing in hormone disruptors. Now, they play a really important role, again, for a company's, from a company's perspective in um, making that product more attractive, I guess, because they're a plasticizer. And so you find phthalates in a lot of cheap, you know, like those really cheap kind of squishy dog toys or those really cheap ABC mats that um, we put our toddlers on unknowingly. They're packed with phthalates. So we really need to um, get rid of those sorts of toys. But also in our skincare, we need to get rid of that fragrance um, where it doesn't say made from essential oils or derived from essential oils because phthalates are put in there to make the, the fragrance sticky. So they're a plasticizer, right? But in the fragrance model, they're, they're making the fragrance last forever. So that's why sometimes you can just be walking through Martin Place and because uh, I live in Sydney and you just get this wafting pool of fragrance but it's like the end of the day and these people put these things on first thing in the morning so they're just sticking around, lingering. And, um, and while that's extremely attractive to us before we know what phthalates are, once you learn about why that fragrance lasts all day on you, it's not so attractive. Am I right? Yeah, correct. It's just not attractive. I'm like, I don't want that weird sticky chemical crap on my skin. Maybe I'll just put my essential oil on twice as often. I'll do that, you know, easier and healthy. 
So they're my two biggest no-nos. Yeah, certainly what you say with um, the whole greenwashing. I, I saw the big, you know, SLS and paraben um, freak out that you would have and then certainly, you know, every second company has SLS free and paraben free on their label and, and all of us or the majority of us are thinking, oh, suddenly it's a, it's a great product, not realising what the other ingredients are or what the replacement ingredients have been. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that we've got to get rid of and it's great that some of it's starting to get press and it's awesome that huge companies are changing in response to consumers. I mean, we're driving the change. They're certainly not going to do it because it costs them money and um, and huge amounts of label changing time and all that sort of stuff that they have to do, research. So, But I don't really care about them. I care about our health and the planet's health. And a lot of the stuff that's bad that's in these tubes and tubs is bad because it runs off us. Like microbeads, for example, are made of BPA plastic teeny tiny beads. So you don't want anything that says um, with exfoliating microbeads on it because that just ends up in the waterways. And then our fishies eat it. And then who's eating the fish? Mm. We are. So, you know, it's, um, we're getting there. We're really getting there. And I'm not saying any of this to stress anyone out. I'm all about no one um, being at fault when we just didn't know because I've only known this stuff for, what, uh, nine years myself and that's when I started researching. So um, what it, the only thing we can do is go, oh, shit, okay, change of plan. I'm not going to buy that anymore. I'm excited to try something different. Where can I shop? What can I get? What can I make myself? Let's move on, you know, and then it's positive. We just can't dwell or stress about what we didn't know before. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it's similar to a conversation you and I have had before about making it quite a gradual change. Like never, yeah. never are we saying, you know, throw out everything that you've used <laughs> or that you have in the house and completely start from scratch because that can certainly be overwhelming and um, an expensive way to go about it. So how do you suggest someone starts and where should our priorities be? Like what do you think we should change first? So the first thing you should change is if you do have any of those air fresheners or really synthetic fragrances um, in your home uh, or um, heavily scented candles that you kind of actually look at the label now that you've heard us chatting and think, mm, how do they get that to smell like fig and apple? Because fig and apple are pretty subtle. <laughs> smell like that. Um, you know, anything that you actually go, oh, no, that's actually not real, just stop using it all. Um, and trust me when I say if you don't expose yourself to that, for two weeks and then you get hit with it somewhere out in public, you will be shocked by how quickly you've detoxed from it and then start to recognise that that's not natural. It's unbelievable. People in my course always, always say um, how shocked they are, like how quickly it happens. Um, the second thing I would do is focus on your body care because our body, like if you think about your face and body, which one's bigger, right? Our body. So whatever you're putting on your body is covering the greatest surface area of the biggest organ we have. So it stands to reason that that would be the first thing we would look at. So look at your body cream, look at the body scrub um, and 
and start to investigate or change. I've got um, the wonderful Nourished Life in the show notes uh, that you can head to. She's the strictest beauty shop online, so that's fantastic. If um, Do you have any UK listeners, Steph? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah you probably do. Um, I love Lula in the UK.com is a really good uh, natural beauty site. And then, of course, in the US, you've got the Honest Beauty Co. Um, Jessica Alba's brand, that's fantastic, um, and a whole bunch of other things. Like, I wouldn't suggest going to Whole Foods only because half of it is greenwashing there mm-hmm. still. Um, I did a, a research trip last, last year in July to the States and literally just planted myself in the Whole Foods aisle for I think it was about four hours in their beauty <laughs> and natural care aisle and so many, <laughs> so many um, attendants who kept coming up to me saying, are you okay, ma'am? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm fine, just taking my pictures and making some notes. Um, and there were just literally half of them I just wouldn't have bought. So it's just too confusing. I want to send people where they can have confidence because there's nothing worse than getting all excited and then you buy a tube or something then you go, oh, it's still not right, you know. So those are, that's why I suggested those three. Um, they're good, good, easy places to start where you can be confident whatever you buy. Um, and then once you've looked at your fragrances and your body, then, of course, um, your face because, um, you know, if we're putting chemicals on our face, sometimes it's a little bit like taking the pill. It's a false sense of beauty it's a false sense of security and if you actually strip it all back you look at what your real skin is doing and then you can heal it um and and care for it um, much much better once you're dealing with the real picture of what your skin does when it's not disrupted by all sorts of bizarre chemicals that we've been putting on and and i'd love to say here that i used to work in the cosmetic industry and it wasn't for a natural brand it was for the most exclusive french cosmetic brand and um, I would very proudly sell a $400 tub of face cream um, and urge my team to do the same when I moved into management years later. And, um, and when we talk about, and just, just so that people start to kind of put this on their, their um, investigative radar, when we talk about um, beauty and when we talk about being um, sucked into buying certain pots of cream and and lotions and serums etc you'll notice that the language always just talks about one or two key active ingredients that are always from nature so it'll be like the rare algae from such and such sea or it'll be the orchid blossom from such and such faraway Asian province you know, and there's all that romance in nature. Well, why does the rest of it have to be horrible, half petroleum-based, half um, hormone-altering crap? Like, why, why can't we have the orchid blossom and then a whole bunch of natural stuff in there too? It's possible and there are beautiful brands doing it now. So for me, it was just such a revelation when I moved away from the cosmetics industry. A, I didn't get headaches anymore. Um, and, uh, and, and B, I didn't get as much hay fever. I used to just get hives all over my arms. And of course it was from testing the creams out of my hands over and over again and, and, um, all the makeup I was wearing and skincare. But, um, but yeah, so with the face, there's just so many gorgeous natural brands we can move to. Um, do you want to talk about a few specific ones or? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. Yeah, cool. Okay. So, 
I love talking about Walida only because, well, not only because, there's several reasons I like to. Uh, they're very good at what they do. They're a tried and true brand. They've been around for nearly 100 years. Um, these people never saw any other way to do it than naturally. They never saw any other way to do it than going further than organics and going biodynamic. And by biodynamic, I mean they're so nerdy about plant actives that they pick and pluck when the plant active is most active, depending on the biodynamic calendar, and that power of that plant is then harnessed and put into their creams. Um, so it doesn't cost them more because they're not having to use rarer, um, weird sort of chemical research. They're actually just working with nature. So what you end up getting is this awesome range of products that is cheap. It's in Most of the stuff is in its late teens and 20s in Australian dollars. So if you're talking pounds or US dollars, it's going to be even less than that. Um, and the, the, the value for money is second to none, I think, with that brand. It's just wonderful. Um, and there's lots of different um, ranges for different skin types, etc. And I, I really do like mentioning them because they're just, um, they're just a wonderful company. It's available all around the world, so people will find it wherever they are um, listening to this today. Uh, then... Um, I love a local Sydney girl um, who actually lives just around the corner from me is Shay Birch and she um, is an aromatherapist by trade and then created her Black Chicken Remedies range. I don't know My if you've favorite. heard of that. Yes, so, so <laughs> oh, they're so delicious. Um, fantastic. If you're very, very sporty, which I don't doubt a few of your listeners might be, Steph, um, the axilla deodorant paste is just fantastic. You could run a marathon with that stuff and not be stinky. I completely um, agree. I um, went through a phase of trying lots of different natural deodorants and unfortunately many of them didn't last as long as I would like. So I now only use the Black Chicken Remedies for that reason and refer many of my clients to do the same so that they don't have to go through the process that I went through of, of trying too many brands. Yeah, totally. Mm. It's, um, it's really, really good stuff. So, um, and, you know, her face, love my, I think it's Cleanse My Face. It's a face cleansing oil. is just the best thing, so gentle for taking off eye makeup down to the last tiny skerrick of mascara. You never wake up with panda eyes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a really good quality range. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and, uh, oh, gosh, there's just so many, but they're, they're just a couple that I really enjoy. Um, and then you've got all sorts. You know, you've got the Mugu range, which is nice for babies. You've got um, some fantastic sun products now like Eco. Um, and all of these things that I'm mentioning are all available from Nourish Life, so that's, that's handy and easy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, now that there is just such a vast choice, and and you realise, like, I look at photos of myself when I was in my 20s and admittedly I smoked in my 20s, so there's that that probably made my skin not look so great. But now that I'm 40, I know for a fact that my skin looks better. Like I just look constantly like I'm glowing and everyone's always saying I look so healthy. So, you know, I didn't get those comments when I was in my 20s. Um, maybe it's because it's rarer for a 40-year-old to look good. I don't know what it is. But 
I can really feel it. When I look in the mirror, I think there's absolutely nothing I can say that's bad about my skin, you know. I just think it's it's pretty amazing that you can switch to using natural stuff that doesn't have all the promises and um, and price tags of a lot of the prestigious stuff um, that we were buying for so many years, and yet your skin actually improves. And I really believe it's because you're working with it instead of against it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Thanks for those tips. Let's talk fake tanning. So I think that's yeah. um, one of the big ones that we've seen, um, you know, with the introduction of companies like EcoTan, we have some great opportunities that are toxin-free. Um, what are your thoughts on, I guess, both the, the in-cell on tanning and what we can do instead with perhaps these um, home-based brands? Yeah, look, Vera, um most in salon tanning is unfortunately not great. That I mean, you know, you can always investigate and say, look, I know you say it's natural, but can I please have a look at an ingredient list before I come in mm. and um, and just run it by your chemical maze app. And if you're satisfied, then by all means go in. You know, I don't think it's worth freaking out and assuming that everything's bad. Mm. There's nothing wrong with a bit of healthy investigating. A, bra- a product that I've come across lately is this fantastic um, brand called Tan Organic. Um, And, I mean, it's the best self-tan I've ever tried. I I do like um, the, what is it called, Eco-Tan, the winter skin. I think that's a really nice um, self-tanner. But this Tan Organic is just the most fantastic natural colour. It has no smell that I can detect. And, um, and it's just really easy to apply. I literally drop three or four little drops into my blob of moisturiser and then just put it on my body. So because I'm doing that little bit of diluting, it, um, it just doesn't feel like it um, is ever looking streaky or unbalanced. It's, um, it's a really good product. Definitely urge everybody to try that one. Tan Organic it's called. Oh, very cool. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, and, but, and another topic I was going to bring up was um, nail bars or manicures and pedicures. Mm-hmm. You see those sort of cheap, nasty um, bars everywhere, particularly in capital cities. And I think Ooh. for a long time there's been a little bit of a disconnect because maybe you don't use it as often. It's certainly not going onto your skin daily. Um but are you aware or can you share with some of the chemicals there that might be problematic and then we can chat about an alternative? Okay, so just the environmental air in those places mm. is super, super toxic. It's no good. The nondescript moisturiser coming from the tubes that is un- unbranded that you don't even get to see what it's called, mm. that's pretty sus to me. Um, reusing wooden... Um, tools uh, that get washed but we know that you know that that's not necessarily easy to get things off small wooden sticks and and cuticle movers and things Um, and then what are they washing them in what's the disinfectant is that toxic I really think for 30 or 40 dollars plus there's the ethical concern these things are often owned by chain um, owners um, and quite often if you do a bit of digging uh, because it's often a different culture, it flies under the radar of underpaying workers. Mm. So there's an ethical question around them as well. I just think for 30 or 40 bucks, 
could you not go 50 bucks and go to a private salon like a hair and nail place where there's a you know there's that upping of quality that lowering of the crazy indoor air quality because they're not smashing out 20 many petties per hour um and and have a nicer experience um or could you not do it yourself and save that money like imagine saving that money i think we quite often we're, we're in our culture it's like i need to treat myself because i'm so busy well you know why is treating ourselves always spending money or eating food or drinking alcohol, you know, and could it, could we not get together with a few girlfriends and have a great chat for a couple of hours and do our nails on a Saturday and connect with people? I just feel like it's one of those things that is a product of our crazy, busy, modern culture that's made us think, oh, it's just cheap enough to feel like I can afford that every week and therefore I'm not thinking about the consequences of being in that indoor space possible risk of infection, possible risk of phthalate exposure from the nail polish that they're using or um, other chemical exposure from the hand creams and oils they're massaging in because everything's non-branded. You know, I just think it's it's not one of the best choices. And imagine if you put 50 bucks aside a week, if you were getting the mani-pedi combo, that's a trip to Guingana once a year. I'd take that, thanks. <laughs> I mean, you know, like quite often we just we feel so consumed and so busy that we think, oh, I need that many people to treat myself. But, you know, you could be treating yourself just as well by catching up with a girlfriend, watching a rom-com at home and having a glass of wine together, nice little cheese plate and watching a movie and doing your nails together and having a chat. I think we we farm out to these very um, impersonal experiences a bit too much, I reckon. So it's a psychological, planetary and financial thing for me. I'm like, no thanks, don't like them. So is it as simple (laughs) as finding like a plant-based or water-based nail polish and nail remover and then perhaps a salon that uses those brands? You could, absolutely. And I've often thought if I had 50 to 100 grand I'd open up a low-tox nail salon. I I actually have thought that myself a couple of times. Um, But I don't think that the um, water-based ones are great. Like, I'm not going to lie. I just think they are really crappy quality. And when it comes to nail polish, low-tox is as good as it gets. So by that I mean it's not going to be toxic-free. There will be a certain element of some sort of chemical that will allow it to shine on the nail and stay on the nail you don't have to go high tox into like the jelly nails and the shellacs and all that kind of stuff but there's a fantastic couple of brands um pacifica for example um and the butter seven free which is also another good one Um, and those two are about as low tox as it gets but still really good quality, great to use, easy to use. If you have to go, then consider taking your own low-tox nail polish and hand cream just as a little way and, and request a seat by the door so that you're not um, deep in the, in the environmental air situation. Does that sound like a good happy medium? Yeah, that would work for sure. 
just just to give anyone an out who's like freaking out thinking no I can't make all these changes I'm not ditching my mani pedi there you go I think yeah certainly though going to a place that uses um low toxic brands and supports environmentally environmentally friendly brands is a much better place to start as you say so it, it might be that you pick your battles obviously if you change what you do every day and what goes on your face and what's in your home then that's very yeah, exactly. very significant yeah totally absolutely and the thing is to celebrate the wins on the way and to realize that within every choice we make there's varying degrees on the scale of how deep we go into that choice and how much we commit now and how much we just kind of work on later and there's always a happy medium that we can just start with and go okay that part's easy so I'll do that yeah absolutely and then evolve it from there mm. so you touched on the the cost of say many petties but let's explore the cost factor in low tox living and perhaps some strategies that you've come across along your journeys to make it more affordable and, um, you know, certainly factor in you know, the whole family and how large the approach might be for some people. Yeah, totally. Um, so this one is actually really great news. So let's just say the mum was using Prestige Cosmetics. You will literally be saving um, so much money in the transition you do not need an $80 toner and a $200 moisturiser. You do not. No one does. Um, most of the natural brands, even the premium ones, are all under $100 for their top, top moisturiser. And as I mentioned, there are brands like 100% Pure, Walida, um, Egyptian Magic, a whole, I mean, there's millions of them that are all in their 20s. And that, we're talking like mainstream Garnier type um, price points. So that's you know, it's, it's actually cost neutral. When it comes to bath, wash, body gels and things like that for the shower soaps, yes, that's more expensive, but I always look at the big picture. So if you've just saved yourself and cut your cost of your face cream in half by going from a $200 face cream, actually more than half, to say a $60 face cream or a $200 face cream to a $25 face cream, um, then you've got all that money and you just put that towards factoring in your costs for your um, your soap and your bath gel and those sorts of things going up in price. Plus, a hilarious discussion I had in the alumni group for um, my low toxic course the other day was the fact that, um, <laughs> oh, maybe this is too much information, but anyway, here we go. Um, I casually, someone sort of bitched about how much they were going through of this soap and how it wasn't lasting. And I was like, oh, that's odd. My soap lasts about six months and there's three of us in my family. And they were like, what? How do you make it last for three months? I'm like, well, what are you using it for? <laughs> and she was literally, it was, then went into explaining that the husband, her, the two daughters, everybody lathers up the soap like all over their entire body. I was like, oh, that's interesting because I just do what I call the T-zone, like, you know, pits and the little bits. And um, and that's it. Like the rest is just water because, you know, we don't want to upset the natural oils on our skin surface and, um, and you just want to wash where the bacteria grows. So that's really the only important place. And so she was like, oh, my God, that's a revelation. 
I've just been totally over soaking. So I'm like, if you under, like if you cut your use of certain things, because we're not conscious, right? We go so fast, we go through everything. We read the label of a Pantene shampoo, and it says "repeat as needed" or "repeat." Uh, what is that? Um, uh, repeat use or something. And that one thing was hailed as marketing genius that raised the the price raised the sales of Pantene through the roof when some marketing guy decided that it needed to be rinse and repeat um, with a shampoo. We don't need to repeat. Just just wash well once. There is no need to repeat. So quite often I find when we dig, we're using too much of all the stuff we're using anyway. So if we start to use a bit less, then it's totally cost neutral to trade up in the soaps and gels and and scrubs department and then um as i said with the moisturizers you save so much money that um like i said start putting 50 bucks a week away and off you go to guingana so it's not more expensive it really isn't i think that's going to be a revelation for a lot of people Mm. yeah a lot of people are scared you know and i think it's probably because organic food when we're trading up with food it is more expensive and so that might be a put off but when it comes to um uh lowering your toxic load with um, products in the home, oh, my gosh, it's, it's definitely not. Like if, you're, if you don't want to buy a $10 multipurpose natural, in inverted commas, um, spray bottle for your kitchen, then just do a cup of water, a cup of vinegar, a few drops of essential oil, and you've, you've got your spray, and it's like less than a buck for a huge two-cup um, amount to go into a spray bottle, you know? Oh, absolutely. So. absolutely. There's always a way. Mm, always away and DIY in that category if you are a bit strapped for cash will be the best way possible yeah absolutely I couldn't agree more Mm. so I hear that you're in Melbourne next week tell us what you're up to and how we can come and check out what you're doing I am. I'm doing an awesome um, panel discussion after the viewing of The Human Experiment, which is one of my favourite docos, and that is with um, Bridget from Suburban Sandcastles. I'll pop the link to that. And then I'm doing two workshops. So if you're someone who just likes to get into a room, be able to ask all the questions and, you know, really sink in with the knowledge in a person-to-person um, forum, then I'm going to be at Malvin in, at Street Organics, a really lovely little organic shop um, run by uh, Kristen Morrison. And um, I'm doing a low-tox uh, DIY sort of demo and you get to try a whole bunch of fantastic natural creams and things so that you can decide on a brand that you might like. And that's on the, I think, the Tuesday night. And then the Wednesday morning I'm doing a creative cooking stretch the budget um, workshop so that's more for the food side of things. How to turn a very boring basic avocado salad into a thing of exciting beauty and how to um, how to stretch the budget with some really, really simple um, creative steps in the kitchen in general because, as I said before, you know, organic can feel like you're really um, spending more money, but it doesn't have to and there's some really easy, easy things we can do to stretch the budget. Yeah, very exciting. They both sound amazing. So I'll encourage our listeners to head to the show notes to find out more about those events. Um, and then you can pop the rest of um, your Sydney events up there as well and whatever else you're doing for the rest of the year. Yeah, cool. I shall do. 
Very good. Thanks so much for your time today, Alex. It was great to chat. Thanks, Steph. Always and awesome. I will see if I can get to one of your events next week so we can have a little chat in person. Oh, it'd be so good. I know it's fun when you meet internet friends. You're like, oh my gosh, finally. <laughs> Absolutely, isn't it? I love the way that works. <laughs> yeah. But it just feels like you know each other. There's a funny thing about online. It's, I really don't think it's the barrier that a lot of people think it is socially because I've met some of my best mates online. Oh, very cool. I love that. Mm. All right, well, Although I just my little son that I'm just going to put that in. I'm like, do not talk to people on the internet. Yeah, a little bit different <laughs> for your children. <laughs> oh, yeah, anyway. Okay. Very nice. Well, thanks again, Alex, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, Steph. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.